Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadresi Comics. This is episode 39. We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Welcome back, girls. Thank you. That's a very roarous uh, applause. <laughs> so what's what's up with everybody? Everybody cool? What's yes, uh, everything is great. And I am so excited that fall is here. Yes. yes. Oh, my God. Although I, I really overdid it the other day and I wore a scarf and boots and it was 90 in the middle of the day. I know. So oh. I'm <laughs> saying I'm excited that fall is here, but I'm sitting here in a tank top shorts and chanclas. And I was um, stopping to get a, a little morning snack on my way to work yesterday. And there was a woman that walked in and she looked so cute in her long sweater and her like ankle length uh, skirts and her mm-hmm. calf uh, height boots. And she she looks so cute. But I was like, oh, my God, it's so freaking hot. <laughs> She's, she really wanted fall uh, fall fashion. Right now, yeah, the fall fashion. So right now I'm just wearing fall colors. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> like, I, I look cute today. Um, uh, I love that shirt. <laughs> thank you. Um, but, yeah, and it's just like, it's like, it's fall. And, like, I'm, I'm very perfectly aware, mostly from the tourists that come into the shop. Yeah. That... California winter is apparently not real winter either way, but it's real winter for me. So, but I have, but I have learned that I can't tolerate anything (laughs) under, under 70 degrees. I know it's like 68 and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so cold. (laughs) For me, I I mean, while I'm working, I still have the fan on. It's Mm -hmm. terrible, Mm -hmm. but you know, I'm looking forward to colder days for sure. So the one thing I really like about fall is all of the horror um, genre comics that come out. We're yes. getting a lot of them in right now, and I'm so excited to um, to read them and have been taking them home. So, mm-hmm. yeah. What I don't like is how everybody's already like setting up decorations for Christmas. <sighs> I, n- yes, no lie. Someone came in the other day to the shop wearing a Christmas sweater, <laughs> and that was the day. No. That was the day that. <laughs> The phone would not stop ringing because we were doing pre-release for Guilds of Ravnica. And I was like in between answering the phone, literally while I was on the phone answering questions, it would beep through because someone else was trying to call. Then there was a transient that came in and was like looking at books. And generally, generally, if they're not like bothering anybody or anything, I let them be and, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But this woman proceeded to stand in the corner while looking down at her shoes with her mouth agape and saliva just running out of her mouth onto the ground. So I'm dealing with all these phone calls. I had to deal with that, not only asking her to leave, but then cleaning up the mess. And then as the uh tip uh, was it the the straw that broke the camel's back the tip of the iceberg <laughs> somebody walked in with a christmas sweater <laughs> i was like i'm not emotionally prepared for this day <laughs> that, and look halloween exists for a reason and there's a reason and that is to separate a freaking the uh, cro- the encroaching celebration of christmas yeah from the rest, the rest. of fall <laughs> We still yeah. have Thanksgiving in between too. I know. I mean, Thanksgiving on. is basically Christmas now. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And so, and that's why Halloween exists. And I am resentful of all the Christmas decorations <laughs> I see because Halloween season is my fucking season. Well, I did some uh, Uber work. Um, I would have to say like two weeks, maybe three weeks ago, and I saw somebody already setting up their Christmas decorations somewhere in like L.A. downtown L.A. 
Ugh. I was really shocked. We were all mm. shocked, even including my passengers. Well, so in the hood, I see Christmas decorations every day, so I'm not really oh. sure what to ex- <laughs> <laughs> what, what what time of year it is. Wow. In the hood, the Christmas decorations are there because one, they were too lazy to take it off, and two, sometimes the lights don't work, so you just gotta work with something else. <laughs> Christmas so true, is. so true. My the light and on on my street in front of my house is always out. out. Mm-hmm. Like it'll work for like three days and then it'll stop working. So we've gotten way Let's roll right into chisme de la semana. Well, speaking of chisme de la semana, uh, well, that was a little bit of chisme that's happening here. Yeah. But uh, all the way in the East Coast, uh, New York Comic Con. Uh, the DC panel is going on uh, right now. We're, we're recording Saturday, so by the time this comes out, it's gonna be a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, they are planning uh, for 2019 uh, Flash Year One. So Year One, uh, DC does this with uh, quite a few of their titular characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, retellings of their origins. There's uh, Batman Year One. There's Superman Year One. There's Teen Titans Year One. And uh, recently, Wonder Woman year one. That, <laughs> that wasn't that good. Uh, <laughs> sorry, not sorry, Grant Morrison. Um, Ooh. Yeah. There's there's a story there. <laughs> it just wasn't written good. Uh. Anyways, before I go off topic, um, they are going to be retelling Flash's or- uh, origin, specifically Barry Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and it is going to be coming out in 2019, and the writer is going to be Joshua Williamson. Uh, there's a bit of a kind of hesitancy or like they haven't really explicitly stated whether it will be uh, like the other year ones uh, where they it's kind of like a side series right, yeah. that, um, uh, separated on its own. This one might be retold in the main series. Interesting. Itself. Maybe. We're not entirely oh, okay. sure. So it could either be in the main storyline or it's going to be an offshoot like mm-hmm. all the others have been. Kind of, uh, but basically all the year ones, uh, sometimes they're two volumes, sometimes there's three, but they all retell uh, the origins of, uh, the super, of their big, uh, big superheroes and stuff like that. Um, so Flash will be getting his own year one comic, whether it'll be in his, uh, current run or as a separate side series, we won't know until later on, but that is my chisme. Interesting. Cool. Nice. Well, I have a chisme. This is Sarah. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but um, this is really old cheese, man. <laughs> Iron Fist season two came out. Netflix. <laughs> is anyone watching? <laughs> no, is I'm not watching. Is anyone watching? No. <laughs> you know what? Bueller. 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 <laughs> Bueller. <laughs> you know what? Now that you mention it. I had been aware that I knew that there was a thing and stuff like that. I just I had not cared enough to find out where it had whether it had come out or not. But hey, you have informed me of <laughs> Here's something. Here's the thing about Netflix Marvel TV shows. Eddie and I generally do it as our thing together where we sit down and watch. We are so behind. We barely started season two of um, Daredevil. No, of <laughs> what's her name? <laughs> Jessica <laughs> Jones. Jessica Jones. <laughs> we barely started season two. We're probably only like two or three episodes in, and then it takes even longer because we start an ep- we start watching, and I invariably lay down, and next thing you know, he's watched three episodes, and I only saw the first part of the first half of the first episode. <laughs> so the next time we we sit down we have to start over oh my god <laughs> that's so terrible it takes a while that's <laughs> terrible so 
I haven't watched that. There's another a second. Um, I've we've seen season two of Daredevil. Season three is already coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another. Wasn't there another Luke season Cage? that's Luke come Cage. out? Luke Cage t- season two. <sighs> have we seen that? I don't I even know. I totally saw that. I don't even know if I Binged have. Binged the crap out of it. Had to put subtitles for the Jamaican stuff. Uh, but it was so worth it. No. I even watched it in Spanish. I don't my think husband. I have. That's great. So I'm so far behind, and I know that. I, oh, I did see Defenders. Okay. Um, <laughs> but um, I knew that Iron Fist was coming out. I've heard that it's way better than the first, um, first season. I didn't hate the first season. It was boring a little bit, um, in places, but I was entertained. So I'm not. Not watching it because I'm not interested. I'm super interested. I actually like Iron Fist, um, but I'm just so behind on everything. Mm-hmm. I like my Fraction Iron Fist. Uh, yes, that's that's the Iron Fist I like. Yeah, and um, I like Colleen. Colleen oh cool. yes, so I heard that the end of Iron Fist is like an amazing. Some whoever was in the shop talking to me about it was saying that the end of Iron Fist pretty much leaves it open for Daughters of the Dragon. Ooh. Uh-huh. Okay. And so I'm interested in that. Okay, maybe I'll check it out. I'm literally interested in everything but actual <laughs> <laughs> the, the actual main character. Right. Just cut him out, and I uh, I might watch it. Yeah. <laughs> and I heard somewhere that they're not doing a second season of Defenders. I don't oh. know if that's true, hmm. um, but that is Cheeseman that I read somewhere on the internet, and I really liked Defenders. Well, they might do Invaders. Okay, well, or they might they might keep switching the team name up. I just really think that that um, Danny and Luke are kind of like there's a lot of potential there for them to to do like even like a a, a buddy cop comedy. <laughs> but, but, I mean, but that's what they are. Uh, exactly. The and exactly. Like, and I think that's what that what's so sad about the Iron Fist uh, TV show and stuff like that is that they haven't developed their yeah. friendship. Yeah. And uh, that's one of the really cool things yeah. um, uh, between that. And they're definitely going with a different love interest route for yes. Iron Fist. Yes. Uh, because in the comics, it's uh, him and um, um, oh my god, what's her name? Misty? Misty, yeah. yes, with Misty Knight. Mm-hmm. I was just like, it's I was going to call her Monica Rambeau. And <laughs> I was just like, no, that's that's original Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, um, well, not original Captain Marvel, but like the second person technically to take up the name. Uh, anyway, so, side note. <laughs> um, um, and I had really liked that in comics. Mm-hmm, me been, too. It had been cute. but um, uh, And I had also liked... Um, uh, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, but now yes. it's different. Um, uh, that's I. That's very upsetting. Now it's Luke Cage and Claire, and I really liked that one. I was just like, oh, they pulled this. Well, <clears throat> at the end of season I two of Luke Cage, uh, they they changed that that love interest. They do. Yeah. Tell me. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I just want to point that out that there is a change. Um, I thought they were really cute. Yeah. Nah, I don't like Night Nurse for anybody. She's just the Night Nurse, okay? <laughs> no, it, there's a really powerful scene in there uh, which explains uh, why the end is the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a real powerful scene. A real par- I, w- I, f- I had feelings about that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was our cheese, man. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's that time again, Kristen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're not as excited about it as you should be, but yeah. Sarah, it is beer time. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, I think uh, Sarah means to say that it's nap time. 
<laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, the coffee's not kicking in. Um, but yes, it's beer time. <laughs> so there you go. There's uh, that enthusiasm. Sarah actually brought this beer all the way back from her trip to what was it, Ensenada? Ensenada, yeah. Rosarito. Okay. And uh, the name of this brewery is so cool. It's called Aguamala. Uh, that's translated to what, like bad water or, yes. okay. So, um, that sounds so cool. And the name of this beer that we're, uh, that we're drinking is actually called Astillero. And we looked it up, um, because Sarah wasn't sure either, um, what it meant, but that translates to shipyard. And Sarah was actually, um, describing that the brewery itself you were saying is made out of a whole bunch of like shipping co containers, containers yeah yes, exactly. that's awesome oh that's interesting yeah so makes sense the name of the of the brewery but um astillero is the name of the beer that we're drinking today it's an imperial ipa and it is um 7.2 abv um it mentions on the paper that we have that um, there's a lot of tropical notes and very citrusy um, that the uh, that there's like some it says yervas so that's like <laughs> that's weeds, like weeds. <laughs> some, yeah some type of weeds yeah herbs herbs, herbs. yeah okay herbs. oh thank you thank you <laughs> well my grandmother always herbs. used to say she was like oh, yenka the yervas yeah, so <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah I mean but yeah in this yes, case it you're is right. it's herbs yeah <laughs> you're right it could be there were uh, weeds or <laughs> herbs okay herbs, yes and a little bit of caramel um I I prefer I I kind of think that gives it some character to say that we're drinking weeds yeah. <laughs> some wheatgrass so it says here that there's very expressive aromas um let's see uh tropical fruits uh herbs uh caramel um and then let's see the the color is like a color of honey it says mm -hmm. um kind of uh it's not i mean it's, it's not see-through no. Th there is some opaqueness to it um, so it's uh, maybe a reddish hue honey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Actually, I kind of, I don't know, it's because I actually said the word honey, but it actually kind of smells honey-ish. Yes. Yeah, it smells like, <coughs> I think, I definitely smell like caramel. Caramel. So, um, Cerveceria Aguamala is in Ensenada, Baja California, Mexico, Carretera Ensenada, Tijuana, a kilometro 103, oh wait, kilometer 103-999 Colonia, El Sausal de Rodriguez, Código Postal, or zip uh, code, zip code 22760. So that's their address? So Yes, this is their address. So let me tell you how I found out about this brewery, because my intention was not to, my intention was when I went there was to have micheladas, you know, because that's what they're Gross. Known they're known to <laughs> prepare them very well. well. Anyway, these girls do not like micheladas, but whatever. Uh, so that was our intention, you know, drink indio or whatever and have micheladas. What's indio? Indio is a type of, it's a beer that they have in Mexico. Oh. They have it here too. Okay. It just tastes better in Mexico for some reason. Mm. Um, anyway, that was our intent. But then uh, my cousin and I went to a can release at Monkish of all places and we had gotten our beer cans and we were walking back to our parking spot. And this this guy behind us, an older man, said really loudly because I'm sure he wanted us to hear. He was like, hmm, that was some good beer. And we we're like, yeah, it, it, Bonkish is really great beer. He's all, 
you guys got the cans? And uh, we're like, yeah. And uh, he said, uh, you know, the best beer I've ever had in my life is uh, called Astillerio. And I was like, hmm, who, where, where did you find that? He's all, it is in a brewery um, on the on the main road from Encina Rosarito or vice versa, I keep forgetting. And I'm like, oh, we're going there next week. Where exactly is he? Go- you can't miss it. It's on the right side off of the main road. And I'm like, interesting. Interesting. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna have to look that up. And so, uh, fortunately, my husband had GPS in Mexico, and we put it as our destination. It was the best, like side it was right off the main road like it was perfect his description was accurate it was accurate i <laughs> thought he was messing with me but it, there's a big sign says i want not miss it you can't miss it and it was it was the best i mean we were almost gonna not go because it was already kind of late but we stopped and it was really beautiful it was uh like you said uh like i told you guys it was the uh, shipping containers and the murals on the on the containers were awesome Ooh, there was they nice have yeah they, it, it's kind of like a ship sea kind of theme so they had like mermaids and jellyfish murals and stuff and it was did you take um, pictures uh yes i took pictures i will be sharing them on our instagram um but it was like they had a bunch of beers on tap and then they these uh they bottle they don't can them so i was like uh, it was like overwhelming it was awesome they have great t-shirt designs cool and the cool thing it's mexico prices so i was like yes craft beer at mexico prices Prices, yes i am getting my passport tomorrow (laughs) dude oh yes oh we have to go oh my how much was that bottle um it was like i think it was like under two bucks Oh my gosh! Yes, wow. And, uh, so so I was like, beer for everybody, and uh, we got taster um, uh, cups and everything. I mean, I was like, let's buy it all, you know, because you know it was pesos. But yes, I was. So Do they excited. have food? Yes, they have food. Oh my, oh my god, they have. You should. Oh my god, I'm gonna share the website because the food is amazing. So if you ever find yourself in Ensenada Rosarito, you must go to this. And um, what's it, the the hour drive from Los Angeles? Well. From Los Angeles, you got the Los Angeles to San Diego, right. which is what two to three mm-hmm. hours depending yeah. on traffic, and then it's an hour in. Okay. So in okay. in Mexico, yeah. Okay. But it's off the main and mm-hmm. only road, so anyway. Yeah. It's like it's driving to the frontera. Mm-hmm. We've done that a mm-hmm. few times. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I'm so excited now. Uh, it's funny because I started off kind of being eh, about uh, beer time, but now I'm like super pumped. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super pumped. <laughs> Well, um, did you try this on tap from... Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I was like, do you... Uh, as soon... I mean, I was already buzzed because we drink on that trip. And so I <laughs> I get to, like, the, the counter and I'm like, do you have Astillero? I'm all, like, you know, like, all excited and loud and stuff. And FYI, she's saying Astillero. Because <laughs> <laughs> at the moment I was like, Astillero, Because uh, I didn't know what the name was. And then he's like... Yeah, we do. I'm like, you have it on tap? Yes. I'm like, give me a glass. And so it was just very exciting. But yeah. Anyway, what do you guys think? I don't like it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like it. Um, I, I love it. I don't know what the, what the taste is that I'm tasting that I don't like. But it's very harsh to me. Um. I, that IPA aftertaste is the front taste. 
Yes. Oh, that is exactly <laughs> yes. what you are describing right yeah. now. Uh-huh. Oh my god. I was just like, what am I tasting right now? Yeah. And it's because usually the aftertaste of an IPA is the full blown taste that I'm getting right now, and that is all I can taste. Yeah. It smelled good. It smells amazing, actually. It smells yes. good, but. I'm not saying I hate it, but it's definitely the taste. For two dollars, I'd drink the fuck out of it. But oh, <laughs> oh no, definitely. For <laughs> Look, if, if it was between this and Modelo, I would take yes. it. Like, yes. Oh God. Well, for, yes. Yeah. For, for t- two dollar prices, give me the entire thing. That's it. Like boom. Right. Yeah. But if this compared to the swap meat beer that we did last episode, yeah, 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 is uh, not the biz. And for. <laughs> Uh, Corona, Modelo, Dos Equis, all that. They have a certain quote unquote Mexican beer taste to me. And for some reason, this has that taste. Do you think it's the water? Maybe. <laughs> That's why it's called Awamala. <laughs> Damn. Okay, was that just like a burn? <laughs> Not an intentional one. They could have good beer that I don't know of. Well, I only tried, um, uh, the other one I tried was the, uh, there was a oatmeal stout, I mm. believe. Ooh, yeah. How was that one? It was really great. It was. I it like had oatmeal. a lot of um, like of um, coffee in it. I liked it. Oh, I'm down for that. I'm well, definitely down bring for that. that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, no. we'll have to do well, an on-site episode. <laughs> Road trip. <laughs> And we got to order the food. I didn't have a chance to order the food because we had already eaten a lot of seafood. Mm. Mm. So I didn't. But I saw the plates that were coming out of the kitchen looked amazing. So uh, do they serve seafood? Because Kristen doesn't like seafood. No, no, no. It was like burgers and like really like meaty, good uh, Good, beer food. Yes. Yes. Nice. They know their audience. (laughs) So let's just go ahead and rate it since, you know, we already have strong feelings about it. Okay, so this is Kristen, and I am going to go with an initial because I'm not that excited about it. <laughs> and um, if I had to, if I had a choice between this and any other beers, I probably would choose the other beers. Um, definitely, <laughs> the swap meets that we did last episode um, was um, way yummier. Um, but, um, like I said, if they're, if it's $2 a pint, I'm all about it. I am going to go with initial as well. I mean, I'm going to finish this part right here. <laughs> um, cause it, if it didn't have that weird taste, yeah. because it can taste a little bit of like caramel. Yeah. Just a tiny bit, but the hoppy IPA taste is so strong that I, it literally eliminates anything else you know um, and it's so weird but i guess it depends on each palette because uh when i saw it on the board mm-hmm. it had it had a lot of awards like a lot of award this particular beer had a lot of awards interesting mm-hmm. so um i don't know if maybe Could it's our palette. palette yeah because i'm gonna give it a full okay okay it's not blowing me away but um you def- like it yeah, yeah i definitely like it i like mm-hmm. i like the strong kind of sour aftertaste i do mm-hmm. and you see and that's the whole time i don't like that taste mm-hmm. that there's a reason i don't like sours <laughs> and i gave them that beautiful description last time <laughs> um, um but this it if it was sour it would have been a flaccid mm. like if this was just a little bit more bitter or sour i would have been like nah that's it. We good. 
Well, so Jen and I gave it a two out of five, and Sarah is giving it a four out of five. But I do think it's uh, interesting. The brewery itself sounds amazing. It sounds beautiful. And uh, Sarah printed out this little snippet about um, the um, brewery itself. It says, immerse yourself and explore our history. Aguamala emerges from a mixture of passion for the ocean, its biodiversity, and science, taking these elements as inspiration for our name and each of our labels. In 2009, the experimentation begins, and a couple of years later, we became the Mexican craft brewery that always seeks to offer something new and different. Experimentation is a fundamental part of our process to offer unique combinations. Our tasting room becomes the laboratory where we explore and have fun offering new aromas and flavors within each of our beers, always respecting the profiles of each style. We are proud of our commitment to nature and its resources. Sustainability is the fundamental value that governs us, always looking for how to make each step of the craft beer process better and more sustainable. From beer cooking until our Aguamala tasting room built in reused freight containers and the foods offered in this that seek to be fresh, nutritious, and selected with care to respect the use of local ingredients. So that sounds really cool. It sounds like they um, are doing a lot to give back to um, also the environment and to their community. So I would love to actually visit. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, definitely. And find an Aguamala beer that I like. Yeah, <laughs> same. I'll take my twenty dollars and spend all day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's I, a lot of pesos. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, my husband was saying that uh, he thought that the design of the tap room was like um, even better than some of the breweries and tap rooms he sees here in locally. Yeah, he I mean said like that it's it was not every day you see a cool. shipping container mm-hmm. uh, style yeah. tap room. Like that's cool. That's interesting. The only one I've seen here is a beer garden in Long Beach. I think off Atlantic. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, um, interesting. They have hmm. a smog uh, tap. And I, I think other other local be- hmm. breweries, mm-hmm. but um, but they didn't put them on top of each other. Made it two floors, which this brewery Aguamala did. did. Yeah. Oh, nice. interesting. Yeah. All right. So that's been our beer review. All right, guys, we're ready to review our books, and because it's Halloween time, Halloween time, Halloween this time, is Halloween. This, this is Halloween. 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 <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have two books today. I'm not sure um, which one we want to do first, but um, I'm going to go ahead and start with the Phantasmagoria um, issue one that just came out. Uh, was it last week? Week before? I don't remember, uh, but. I think it was two weeks ago as well. Okay. Yeah. So early, no, middle September. Mm-hmm. And um, this book is written by, um, you may remember, of Border Town fame, Eric Esquivel. And when he did the um, the number one uh, signing release event at Heidi Ho, um, I s- took some time to talk to him about this book because when I heard this um book was coming out and I read it online somewhere um I was so excited because I'm such a huge fan of creep show oh yes oh my god I love creep show love the (laughs) crap out of it if you guys don't of course if you guys remember this is Sarah my very first comic book I ever owned for 10 cents was 10 cents yes oh my gosh um creep show uh the one that they based the movie on yes Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and I got it at a yard sale 
Oh, <laughs> that's, that's why it was great. Yeah. That's awesome. I wish I still had it, and I'm probably do somewhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, I I have mine for sure. Um, when Eddie and I first started dating, um, he learned quickly about me that horror is one of my favorite genres of TV shows and movies, and that Stephen King was one of my favorite writers. And so when he found that out, he actually gifted me a copy of Creep Show, and one of the very first com- uh, Comic Con, San Diego Comic Cons, we went to. He brought the book with us, um, and we um, we tracked down Bernie Wrightson there at this at the oh, show, and um, wow. I had him uh, sign it for me. Oh, oh my so God, that's cool. amazing! Yeah, well, yeah points for Eddie. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> wow, he really knocked it out of the park right there. <laughs> yeah, like if you didn't fall in love with them, then I, I don't know. <laughs> that's awesome. That is so cool. As a matter of fact, I'm so glad you brought up. Um, um, San Diego Comic Con because this last one we just went to, they reprinted Creep Show, the the one that I yeah. had. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I was really shocked about that. The color texture is not as good, but if you want like the full feeling, you could definitely uh, f- go out and look for that one. Mm-hmm. So when I heard that this comic was uh, coming out and that it was in the vein of Creep Show, and um, I actually saw the the cover and I was like oh my god yeah this looks so amazing and the, and, show and the EC comics yes and yes yeah. so um, of course when it came out and when we were doing our October shows like we got to do this book so um, it is just like creep show to me like the <laughs> the bruja that's in there yeah. like like the the storefront person and she's like mm-hmm. talking to you like you're the customer and like mm-hmm. uh, asking you like what do you want to buy i love that part that was, oh, oh totally like in between the in between the the, the, stories. the stories yes yeah. stories yeah and you get three stories in the comic. Yes. <laughs> the ending, how it all like ties and loops together. So while I never really, I didn't grow up with like Creepshow and the EC comic stuff. I did grow up with the Goosebumps TV show. Yes. Uh-huh. The Twilight series. Yeah. Um, uh, the Twilight Zone. Um, um, and there was one other one that I'm. Uh, Outer Limits? No, I don't think I ever watched Outer Limits, but there was one other show that was along the vein of like you have a narrator, yes, uh-huh. uh huh, telling you something, yeah. like we're greeting you and saying like, eh, Nightmare on oh. Elm Street. No, <laughs> okay, cause oh okay. the uh, little segue, but no, um, uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not. Oh, um, okay. a TV show like the person would show you something yes. and then tell you the story that, about that. That show, even though it was supposed to be like a a cool thing, used to creep me out as a kid. Yes, exactly. So just like <laughs> these creepy stuff that reminds me of like it. And so that's why I I really like that. I yeah. thought it was I like uh, it's supposed to be like, you know, horror stuff like that. But I found it charming. Now, yeah. the, th- the reason not only are we reviewing this book because um, obviously Latino Latinx creators, but the content of the book uh, are short horror stories that are all based on Latinx myth and, and stories. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we've mentioned multiple times on the shows how every Latino has some sort of story about how their grandma or aunt or mom or someone saw La Llorona. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And they all have their different ways of like fighting the Yorona or getting yeah. away from her and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. and there's multiple stories like that that um, that 
are in different Latinx cultures. So mm-hmm. when I heard that that was the premise of this book and that it was a horror title, I was all in. And so having now read the first issue, I can't wait for for more issues to come out. Definitely. And what I really liked about these is that they didn't stick to a certain time period. Mm-hmm. Oh, because yeah. they traveled from modern to like 1800s, like California or Texas mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then like kind of to like 1980, like 1980s, either California or Mexico and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so like like you can kind of pinpoint time areas, but it was never specifically sta- uh, stated. But it, it traveled in between those kind of like saying like these are old stories. These are new stories. Yeah. But it's all... you can it was it was all really cool yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh absolutely i mean the art is fabulous yeah the art's awesome and the texture of the pages is like it it kind of reflects on the art it's kind of i don't know i don't uh, i don't know how to explain it but the texture of the pages is almost part of the story like I don't I can't explain it, but it's not like that regular shiny paper. Oh yeah, no, it's um uh, I we we've talked about this before about how some comics have better quality paper or yeah. they use like recycled um um paper and stuff like that and this is definitely um cuz I don't like it like Marvel is still using that uh glossy paper yes. mm-hmm. that like if you leave your fingers for too long the ink will come off. Yeah. This has happened to me. Uh this one not so much. So it, it kind of has like that not exactly newspaper print, which is what a lot of older comics are, mm-hmm. but it kind of like a, it's it's kind of almost along that texture. And right, right. And a lot of people like that. I uh, l- and I, I loved like it. it. Too. Yeah, yeah, I loved it with this artwork. It just seems so. Um, it kind of it kind of almost looks like the narrator. Mm-hmm. like la bruja like i don't know it just oh uh, like i felt yeah. like i felt like it all tied in really well that's like, a great mm-hmm. comparison yeah like i feel like they really thought about it and it's like we can't print this on shiny paper yeah <laughs> you know and i'm like no you can't <laughs> like i think they put a lot of thought into this maybe it's just like you know it's uh serendipitous or whatever yeah. but mm-hmm. i feel like they a put happy thought. accident yeah <laughs> yeah uh but yeah no i loved it i love the first story oh my god yeah so love there's three the stories f- uh, el corazon negro flying coffin and put a little chile on it yes uh so the first one uh uh corazon negro is your favorite oh god i think i love them all yeah mm-hmm. i I, I really can identify with put a little chile on it. <laughs> but, but I really loved the the first one. Yeah. Um, it was just really, I mean, they were laughing in Spanish instead of the H-A-H-A. Yes. H-A-H-A yes. J-A-J-A. Uh-huh. Yeah. Loved it. I, I <sighs> And then the, the ending, you know, yes. of the grandson. Oh, yeah. yes. oh man. Uh, I just like blew my mind that happens to be my favorite one too and that's exactly why um when you see the grandfather realize that his passing on of the mantle uh relies on the fact that he has to give it up quote unquote yes yes um and the way that not just that the dialogue um shares that with us but just his the way that it's drawn and his defeat, you can just see, but he's doing it out of, out of love. Mm -hmm. And I, in this story, this, uh, I mean, it's death and, and craziness and, you know, uh, everything. I got emotional at the end of that story. 
it was a, it was it was it was sweet and it was yeah. in, endearing and it talked about death and like moving on mm-hmm. and stuff like that and there's like a bit of horror aspect in that yeah. as well but it was it was definitely it was very touching yeah mm-hmm. i mean it was it was really great uh, i i love the part where uh he's he's like what are we gonna play chess no we're not gonna play chess we're gonna wrestle and i was like yes and uh just the conversation itself while they're while they're doing uh, while they're fighting Mm -hmm. yes was just i mean because this is he's not the first luchador i mean it was his grandfather Mm -hmm. uh his father himself and now his his grandson Mm -hmm. but it was just oh so great and then the way the artist um showed the the dynamic of the moves yes was really spot on i loved it i mm. love that first story was awesome but all the other ones are equally mm. as awesome. what was your favorite jen my favorite one was actually the last one yeah and mostly because while the first one was very endearing and the second one was intriguing i think the third one was the more horror filled mm-hmm. one for me put a little chile on put it. a little chile on it and i was just so like that was that's pretty funny yeah but mostly because of the whole like uh brujeria aspect yes and uh-huh. everything and like yes. the, and i kind of i very yes. much grew up with that mm-hmm. culture yeah um um uh and whether like what's good brujeria and what's bad brujeria yes. and yeah. stuff and so that's why magia i really negra, like that. magia blanca uh-huh. i love it you know what i find very interesting is that for most uh latinx uh people who are religious catholicism is one of the main accepted religions widespread but there um is such an underbelly oh yes yeah. of <laughs> santeria yes. brujeria yeah. Yeah. i mean as a kid and not until Curandera. i was a t- yeah, yeah as a teenager i started realizing all the books on my grandmother's bookshelf and there were tons of witchcraft books yeah <laughs> tons of witchcraft books and my mom shares a story about my grandmother and her sisters um doing um like certain like rituals, rituals uh, under the under the house in the basement what? and mm-hmm. yeah and like she as a kid remembers going down there and like there being like a makeshift coffin that they had down there and they were doing rituals around it because there was a um my grandmother had a nephew who had cerebral palsy mm-hmm. and um they were doing like santeria type rituals to try and like cure him mm-hmm. and that there was like this doll that they made that was supposed to like uh, symbolize him and she said as a kid she would go and be playing around and she found it and scared the crap out of her <laughs> but in my mind to like imagine and picture my grandmother like mm-hmm. doing these things as a, a young woman or even a middle-aged woman or whatever it mm-hmm. like blows my mind because and she was so freaking she was so freaking religious. Yes. Right? She did the rosary every night in bed. Oh, uh-huh. my goodness. And it's just like, and stuff like that. Like, uh, it wasn't like until I was older that my mom like really got into about my grandfather was basically kind of like not exactly a curandero, mm-hmm. but more like a, like 
people would go to him for rituals oh, and for uh-huh. like for i guess spells and stuff like that mm. and it wasn't until later and so he was kind of like respected among the community that he was in but i didn't really realize this until like my mom was just so like oh yeah like he like you know, your dad like your grandfather did a did a did a spell for me or like a ritual that would help me tr- find your d- dad in the u.s wow and she swears to god that it worked that it worked yeah and i was just so like what <laughs> I was just like, that's um. I find this so fascinating of Mm -hmm. of Latino culture. I it's so fascinating. And and the fact that she's like, she was just like, oh, like that's okay. And that my grandfather, my grandfather, wasn't Catholic, Mm -hmm. but he believed in Catholicism as well. But along with a lot of older Mayan religions and gods uh and stuff like that. Yeah. And my mom, to some degree, believes that too. Yeah. But she's very firmly Catholic. Mm-hmm. But when we're in Guatemala, she's just like, do this. You don't want to disrespect the spirits yeah. or the gods and stuff like that. And I'm just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I will, I'll, I'll, do, yeah. I'll do the ritual or I'll be respectful about it. Yeah. She's like, don't go there. That's a, that place is like this and stuff like that. And so it's, but you're right. It's just this, there's a specific term for this, this uh, kind of uh, not assimilation. Mm-hmm. But this mixing of like religions and stuff like that, and yeah. how a lot of Mayan rituals and stuff like that, or uh, a lot of older like indigenous right. uh, traditions yes. and rituals and celebrations survive by being um, uh, by saying like, oh, it's Catholic, it's Catholic, or like we put Catholicism over this and like being integrated yeah. into Catholicism. Yeah, uh, and it's <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because uh, there's uh, in the, in the Catholic community itself like in areas like in like in mexico and guatemala and stuff like that there's like purists Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and there's people who are just like no this is okay and stuff like that and just how much the actual catholic church is against these things Mm -hmm. but they can't kill it yeah they can't they they're trying to actively try to be like no this is wrong you shouldn't do this but it's just so ingrained in these people and it's like and uh, and what it is that they do. And like a lot of people respect it. Mm-hmm. Like how are you going to make them disrespect it. And stuff like that. Especially mm-hmm. when they firmly believe. Yeah. That this works. That this yeah. is real. And stuff like that. But like that. Like in the Vatican and everything. And like from priests and stuff like that. They don't actively like. Right. Of course. All of these, yeah. All these things. They, could, they, th- they think they're like. Oh no. That's wrong. You shouldn't be doing this. But the people don't pay attention. Yeah. Especially because like when you think about it. These people have been doing these rituals for millennia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Like th- these rituals are older than the catholic church Mm -hmm. itself and these people are not going to give it up yeah and i hope they don't (laughs) (laughs) dude there was this one time my mom went to go pick up my cousin and my cousin's hair was like all like she was all messed up in her head uh so she said bring me some ribbons and i'll te hago trenzas i'm gonna braid your hair Mm -hmm. so she brings this bag this um um this paper bag like all wrinkly and stuff and she's like oh there's ribbons in here so my mom opens it and she sees this doll wrapped in colorful ribbons with like a uh oracion uh-huh. uh, how do you say that a, a prayer, prayer. prayer. Yeah. but like or incantation I incantation guess. yeah uh-huh. uh so apparently it was a spell that the, her mom was doing towards her husband which is my my mom's brother uh-huh. And so she took the doll, and then the uh, his wife came one day to the house. She's like, you took something of mine. Give it back. And my mom was like, I'm not giving that back. Because when we uncovered the doll, there was pictures of my uncle 
with uh, safety pins. Well, not safety pins, with needles. Straight mm-hmm. pins. The straight yeah. pins. And, like, I was like, like and, and I found the bag uh-huh. myself looking through my sock drawer. And my mom was like, you found something. And I go, yeah. She goes, what did you think? I'm like, um, are you doing that stuff to my dad? <laughs> She's like, why didn't you ask me about it? And I'm like, because you were going to get mad at me for snooping. Because <laughs> I find a doll about me next. <laughs> and she's like, and then she explained to me what happened. And I was like, well, doesn't that break the spell? Like, if you find it, it breaks the spell. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't know. We're supposed to unwrap it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, so we unwrapped it together. And that's when we saw the pictures. Mm-hmm. But it, this shit is scary. Like, yeah. you feel, you find it and then like, uh, uh, you feel like water wash, cold water washing uh-huh. over you i'm like oh shit like it, you get that like chills effect even yes. though i don't believe in it right yeah, yeah oh i mean God. there's so many like old wives tales and myths and things that our grandmothers our mothers have passed down f- for years and years and i was laugh- laughing the other day because i was telling jen i am not very religious i actually have probably since high school uh um, identified as being atheist but goddamn, i believe that i have this girl on my tongue because i didn't have korean barbecue <laughs> <laughs> so true so true that uh, like, for sure, for sure. And, like, and stuff like that like like home remedies and stuff like that mm-hmm. like of like uh, like we grow like a bunch of herbs in front of my house and stuff like that and sometimes when i feel sick or stuff like that or i'm coming down with something i just pick that i ground it up and stuff like that and i'll be, just, and I'll be like medicine yeah. yeah i can make my own medicine <laughs> yeah <laughs> right and then, who knows if it's a uh, what is it placebo placebo uh-huh. uh, the placebo effect or whatever but i do feel better yeah and yeah. it's just like and like i have that like but like, it was like placebo effect i know this is like i know this is you but i'm still gonna do it yeah <laughs> what works works what works <laughs> works yeah this book basically um kind of kind of had yeah. us relive these things that we grew up with which i love and stuff like that and so that's all anyways that's why i like the last story and stuff like that because of the brujeria and all that Mm -hmm. stuff and the end as well like how creepy it was yeah the end was creepy the end was like super creepy and stuff like that and it very much fit with a lot of the oral stories that i would get from my Mm -hmm. mom and stuff like Mm -hmm. that about how someone does something and like they don't they don't mean to for it to be bad but it comes back and bites them yeah like that i uh i really like that um, uh, and I f- feel like the last story did a good job. Yeah. On it. And also it's called put a little chile on it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know where they were going with this. And then, um, and then I read it and I was like, Oh, this is awesome. But one of my favorite lines was when, uh, when the, the ink enchantress, no, mm-hmm. Encan- no, curandera. Curandera. Yeah. yeah. Where she's like, do you think Adam threw away eternity for a crack? at <laughs> 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 So uh-huh. it's like, it kind of like, describes like kind of because we all eat chile so mm-hmm. it just kind of describes like how we always have to have a little bit of spice in our life yeah i, I, mm-hmm. I really loved it yeah. the, and the art overall was amazing yeah yeah I really it was really art. good yeah. i can't wait to um to read what other stories they come up with and i know that i i actually was on a panel with eric when he was talking about um how he and his artist were like fighting back and forth of the diff the stories that were the same care you know the, yeah. the kind of the same but like one family said it one way and another family said it another <laughs> way and like you know, fighting back and forth of what was the right way so i'm really interested to see some more uh, iterations of maybe myths and stories that had been passed down in my family and like what kind of take that they put 
put on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or which ones they decide to use or whether they all fuse them together. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. It, it, it's really cool because like in English, it's the Grim Reaper. So he's male, apparently. Mm-hmm. But um, in, in Spanish, is La Santa Muerte, which mm-hmm. is yeah. female. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's Neil Gaiman, who has death, which is female. So it's like all these different takes on the same thing. I mm-hmm. love it. Yeah. Are, are we going to rate it now or should we wait till the end? Of I feel like my opinions on both of these are different. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like we should rate them differently. Yeah, sure. Okay. And for this one, I will give a, I will, I'll give it three conchas. Yep. Because I really liked it. And yep. I really liked the stories. And I like that little blast from the past of like st- sitting down and my mom telling me horror stories to get me to like eat stuff. <laughs> or to like go to bed. Like, I yes. know. Okay. First of all, the Kukui. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, my mother used to scare me with that thing all the time. And, oh, the kukui's going to come get you. And I'm just like, how do you expect me to want to go into my bedroom by myself in the dark when you're telling me that this this thing, this monster <laughs> is going to get me? And so, the thing is, el kukui, he's never described. Yeah. He he's, never. Yeah. No. Like, no one has a description for this m- weird I- mystery creature, but you know, damn sure yep. I've used it against some kids. <laughs> I'm just like, el cucuy. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Kristen, and I also give it three conchas. Um, I loved it, all the stories. I love the art. I can't wait to see what's coming out um, in future episodes. And just like the, the creep show factor was just in and of itself amazing. I'm so excited to have something in that vein not only be an ongoing but also be um all the way themed around latinx culture so three conchas for sure this is sarah and i'm gonna give it tres conchas along with a cup of the limon and the cup of the limon <laughs> is because yeah. <laughs> is because i was when i was a kid i would drink the limon i, I would go outside in the back and cut off a leaf and bring it back and have my the limon mm-hmm. uh, and this is very much something that i grew up with like the creep show kind of feel to it mm-hmm. so a cup of the limon for me and that's uh, lemongrass for you guys who don't know what the i limon would is. definitely say that mine would be three ch- uh three conchas and a cup of yerba buena. Oh, stop. yes. Uh huh. <laughs> and yerba buena is um, for those of you um, who don't know, it's it's peppermint. Yes. And my grandmother grew it in the backyard. And whenever I complained about a stomach ache or menstrual cramps or anything, she would say, "Let me make you some yerba buena." And she was go- she would go out and pick it and boil it, and she'd bring me this tea, and it cured every ailment Everything. every time. Yeah. Oh yeah, it wasn't until college that I figured out spearmint and yerba buena were the same thing. <laughs> I was just like, "What? what? I'm sorry." <laughs> like, you know, and same thing with rula that it's I wormwort or wormwort. Yeah, wormwort. that it's yeah. wormwort. And I was just like, so when it was like in stories and stuff, I was just like, what the hell is wormwort? Right. <laughs> and then, but uh, like wormwort and ruda never clicked. Yeah. And I was just like, to, to me, um, uh, ruda is like you know made for tea and yeah. curing uh-huh. illnesses yes, and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. And sometimes Stomach you burn aches. it. You yeah. keep it in the cupboard with a little thing of olive oil, and then whenever you have an earache, you stick it in your <laughs> ear, <laughs> and yep, yeah, and it's gone, yeah. and the pain is gone. Uh-huh. Dude, um, I kid you not, I just learned that the limon was lemongrass like six months ago. <laughs> I just learned that. Mm-hmm. And that's because I wanted to grow some of my own, so I had to go and find out what was the mm-hmm. English You know version. what's funny is that a lot of stores have the... Um, 
they call it Hispanic foods, I think. (laughs) Um, But it's funny because everything in that section is in the little baggies, like they're plastic Mm -hmm. with the whatever, and they have all the Spanish names on it. But every single thing in that aisle you can find in its it's American packaging version (laughs) somewhere else in the store. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, like for me, like the Italian one, do you know how long it took me to find out that manzanilla Uh, was chamomile? Oh, I know. (laughs) And the only reason I found out was Mm -hmm. because Gwen Stefani said about sipping on her chamomile tea. Uh And I was like, what the heck is a chamomile? What's chamomile? (laughs) Yeah. And so... Manzanilla. Yeah, and it's manzanilla. And I thought for the longest, I kid you not, that manzanilla translated to in English to little apple. Yes, <laughs> I me thought, too. I thought, me too. I thought my like, whole uh, life. Yeah, and, uh, and <laughs> that's so, funny because it's manzanilla. Like, yeah, uh, like, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so like, I like for the longest. Like I'm talking like literally up to two years ago. Yeah. I did not know that chamomile and manzanilla <laughs> were, were the, the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. So my my side cup would be tele manzanilla. Yeah. And mm-hmm. in the Hispanic food section, it'll have the Spanish, and then in English, it'll be in parentheses. So yeah. if you want to find out what well, all those things that your grandmothers <laughs> and mothers made for you, go to that section, and you'll be able to find <laughs> out what the translation is. Yeah. That's so cool. All right, well, that's a good rating. Uh, we're actually reviewing another book. Yep, because it's Halloween and we have another scary book to read. And this one is Tales of Terror by Eduardo Rizzo. And this is actually another, not creep show style, but this is in the vein of old EC horror comics. Mm-hmm. And I have not really read any EC horror. I've just seen tons of covers, and I love the covers. All of them. So when I saw this, I was like, this is awesome. This is amazing. Um, Eduardo Rizzo is actually an Argentinian uh, comic uh, creator. And this is the first time. It's a, it's a bound book of 12 different stories. And this is the first time not only that these stories have been collected, but that they have been offered in English as a translation. What? So, they yes. went Spanish first? Yes. <gasps> yeah. Oh, my God. And my mind is totally blown. As I was reading it, I would love to actually read the Spanish because I yes. feel like there's some loss of translation in yeah, there. I feel like there's No, no, I'm not trying to drag the translator because I'm sure you did. They it was an amazing job. I mean, I but you know that there's just in in Spanish, there's just I mean, in English, sometimes there's no ways to directly translate Spanish words mm-hmm. or Spanish. Like there's there's a lot of emotion and feeling uh-huh. that come in Spanish. And you're you're saying certain words, but what they mean is not what they're actually saying, if that makes sense. Yeah. So um, I'd love to actually read the Spanish ones and kind of see what the difference is. I totally agree with you. I was uh, in the car riding with my nephew and I said, también, mm-hmm. like, you know in spanish and he's like what does that mean and i'm like oh crap i gotta give you like two sentence full to kind of describe what i'm trying to say with one word in spanish (laughs) so it was like it didn't dawn on me that it's Mm -hmm. there's sometimes such a difficulty to get your point across when you're translating yeah and i especially felt in some of the stories where i was just like if this was said in Spanish, it would be more impactful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me yeah. too. Especially the the kind of romance one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, to me, like, how he was phrasing it was like, there's a difference between, like, you know, saying eternity in English and eternidad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And, and, like, and just personally for me, Spanish is, when I say something in Spanish, I mean it more. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least it carries more emotional yeah. weight. Yeah. Size in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> But 
did like Tales of Terror. Uh huh. Um, I liked the art style. Yes, I really like. It's all black and white. Yes, very noir. Uh very very noir very very noir a lot of the stories kind of not all of them because they all take uh they all take place in different times Mm -hmm. in different places but a lot of them have kind of a mafioso yeah like Mm -hmm. depression era vibe yeah yeah definitely yeah the noir style kind of like that uh so that was that was really interesting and i'm usually kind of like that yeah um but I think my favorite one was the one about the blind man. Uh, I also feel like it could have ended better or more intriguing. Yeah. But it, I think that one was my favorite one uh, because it's a, it's about the black sheep uh, of a family has a gambling problem. Mm-hmm. Wins, uh, oh, that's wins right. a business. Yes. Uh, VA gambling. But uh, the person who lost, it's being told from the point of view of the person who lost, um uh, who i'm guessing is a white man mm-hmm. um and he doesn't want to give it up yeah so to that keeps, dirty mexican yeah, he says oh i know mexican, right yeah <laughs> and so he keeps upping the stakes mm-hmm. and kind of saying and kind of being like he thinks he can outwit him and so the kind of the mexican not the mexican man doesn't take the role of el diablo but a little bit mm-hmm. in that he's a he's blind and he's like the black sheep of the family and he he won. He won a piece of land from. Do you know that not until right now you're talking about him being blind? Did I know that he was blind? Me too. I was <laughs> like, he was blind. I know. I was like, that yeah. makes the that makes story sense, have a completely different meaning to me now. Yeah. Because he had to do a maze, and this yeah. dude thought that he was gonna win. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. Like, was the maze that hard? But it was because he was blind. <laughs> and I, yeah. I totally <laughs> missed that part. <laughs> but I love the yeah. the. The other maze, which uh-huh. he said, it's simple, but you're not going to get it. And yeah. I was like, <gasps> blew my mind. Totally. Yeah. And then like the the like the last one, the, the how he kept talking about like, oh, like I have a maze. It's a lot simpler, yeah. but a lot more difficult. Yeah. And like that turn of phrase, the kind of words, that's why he kind of, I kind of thought he had kind of the, the El Diablo role. Mm-hmm. But, um, um, but also... And you can kind of like infer that maybe because he has he obviously has gambling problems right. and stuff like that, uh, but he was he was not going to be yeah uh, cheated out of what he thought as rightfully his. And I th- I found that story a lot more. Uh, I I that has to be one of my favorites. So a lot of the stories I was telling Jen, it's funny because it's tales of terror, and I think in 2018 a lot of people hear the word terror and all of a sudden they start to think of gore and like mm-hmm. um, violence and all that. And none of these, not that none of these, there's violence in some of these stories, but a lot of them the the terror is just really like a, a twist surprise ending, mm-hmm. and it's it's an old school like like I said in the vein of EC Comics, like and also twilight zone and like those kinds of things it's those kinds of stories and i really enjoyed them my favorite one was the last very last one with the um the mixing the, of the classes yes ma- oh, yes with the couple the, oh my god and i, I was i know i didn't know where it was going i was gonna say i was actually genuinely surprised at yes. that ending yeah i loved it as well i was like Again, mind blown. I mean, yeah. I, I'm going to say that throughout this whole comic book, but <laughs> totally. You guys got to read that. It's so good. So it is that available um, uh, from Diamond. That's where we got it. And we're talking a lot about the art. And the art is also an Argentinian. And his name is Carlos Trillo. Okay. 
And they these are 11 short stories. 11 or 12? 11. I think it, is it 11? Yeah, I've okay. numbered them. 11 okay. short stories. And you, touching back upon what you said about what terror is, and, like, um, like that's one of my criticisms is that it's uh, – the surprise endings sometimes don't come as a surprise. Mm-hmm. I can kind of tell what they are. Yeah. That or it's just weird. Yeah. And it's not terror. I'm just all like, uh, maybe public humiliation is very terrifying yeah. for some people. But personally, to me, I'm just all like, yo, <laughs> get over it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, in the beginning, I was very underwhelmed with the stories. And I had to change my mindset mm-hmm. of what I was expecting uh, mm-hmm. in the stories. And when I did that, and when I enjoyed them for what they were, I I think I did myself a, a favor because I enjoyed them a lot more. Mm-hmm. But there definitely were some where you kind of knew exactly where it was going. And it wasn't really a surprise. Um, and there were some that were um, funny and uh, the the ending was a little bit more humorous Mm -hmm. but all in all I think that the um, the stories and coupled with the art um, was done really really well yeah I feel like a more appropriate title but they probably couldn't do it because of rights or whatever would have been tales of suspense oh uh uh-huh yeah Yeah. but that's um uh, that's marvel isn't it yeah yeah well, I liked uh, chapter 10 uh, because it talked about climate change. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, and, you know, it just kind of spoke to me because I was such a big fan of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, the movie. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I say that because I also read the book and it's different. But um, the climate change and then him stepping into the theater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is so my 1994 me and 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 it was just really well done i loved it i felt like they looked at my diary and and read some passage i had about like the longing for you know your dad um during that movie because Mm -hmm. i actually cried in that movie because of the ending Mm -hmm. spoiler alert but (laughs) Uh, um, from a movie from 1994 or 95 or whatever but um, mm-hmm. uh, the way I felt about that movie ending and the way that this story was this chapter was written mm-hmm. it's it's kind of it mirrors that it's kind of an homage mm-hmm. a nod to or whatever but I loved it yeah loved, that was one of my favorites but n- that's not to say that I didn't love all the other stories uh-huh. as well like I, I loved the last chapter was amazing and then the one where the the guy who had like no I think he maybe he might have been autistic or something, uh, who had no feeling. He just kept going. Mm. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. So um, yeah, I loved I loved it all. I I, I was uh, I was in the right mindset at the time. It was great. Um, I was actually when I read these both, um, Phantasmagoria and this one, I was listening to Beethoven's. Uh, as played by the Chicago Symphony, and it was just right in the right vein. Like it was just like perfect setting. Yeah got a little candlelight (laughs) (laughs) romantic but yeah no i love this i love both these books when you said frankenstein you read the book i actually like the book no yeah yeah yeah. the the modern prometheus that's because (laughs) yeah i was an english major (laughs) yeah so sarah i will let you review this book first oh okay uh well this one i'm gonna go tres conchas (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna go tres conchas with this i really loved it uh i um hmm Maybe a glass of wine to go. <laughs> but yes, no, I really, 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 really loved it. I, I, I liked the direction all these chapters took me in. 
Um, and the first one, like you said, it was a little bit kind of like hard to uh, kind of wrap your head around. But after that, it, it was like I got my mindset. I got the music going. I, it was great. It was perfect. Perfect setting for me. Well, this is Kristen, and I'm going to give it two conchas. It, like I said, I was underwhelmed by some of the stories. I let myself uh, have higher expectations of horror, I guess, um, but then had to realize that the definition of horror is vast and, and to know kind of where these stories were going. Um, once I read a couple, um, I kind of shifted my expectations um but they were good i i really liked them a lot and um i think the black and white really served the stories really well and i definitely would recommend um that uh, people pick this up for um the holiday coming up for halloween yeah uh, i'm kind of stuck <laughs> because i out of all of them, I really only like like two or three. Uh -huh. And it's just, this is 11 stories. Yeah. And it's a full graphic novel. So, I, I don't want to give it one. Yeah. But I also don't think it deserves the full two. <laughs> <laughs> but, we'll go, I'll just give it the two anyways. Mm -hmm. Like, grudgingly. It's yeah. It's going to be a grudging two. Because I did like the artwork. Yeah. And it, uh, those, I feel like the two, those, the last couple of stories were very worth it. Mm -hmm. uh, and they made it, they definitely made it worthwhile reading the other stuff mm -hmm. like that. And it's also interesting to see kind of this throwback yeah. to um, uh, to the older comics and just like people's different perceptions of terror or yeah. like what horror is. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and, uh, and I don't want to give it like, because we've read a bad book. Yeah, we read oh, a bad totally. horror book yeah. that was yeah. like like it was like it was awful and not like in that it was like the horror awful like that was good no it was just like it yeah. was terrible like yeah. terribly written terribly drawn uh um so yeah i'm gonna give it two because thinking about that now <laughs> think about you know what yeah. thinking about that other comic you know yeah. what yeah it deserves a two because yes. it did a lot better oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It, okay, okay never mind i am a firm two conchas <laughs> all right well, that was our rating, guys. It's time for On My Radar. And On My Radar is the Sandman universe, guys. Of course, we have Sandman number one that just came out. And it's freaking amazing. And also, it's so cool because all these books are going to tie in. And right now, I just read The Dreamy number one. And it ties in so well with the Sandman uh, universe. And apparently, they're all going to tie in Lucifer, um, Books of Magic, and Whispering Castle. Whispering Winds? House of Whispers. House of Whispers. Thank <laughs> you. So uh, I'm just going to say this. Uh, uh, can I have that on my pull list, please? <laughs> that is on my radar, guys. <laughs> um, yes. So was there um, a podcast that you actually started reading that had something to do with this? Yes. Uh, shout out. Saludos to... Uh, Po uh, podcast that I listen to now it's uh, Sandman Salon where they discuss these books in great detail and it's pretty damn good so if you guys are in search of another podcast and you have a lot of time on your hands and you read Sandman and you love it definitely take uh, listen to them they're pretty amazing they have three episodes up as of right now 
Awesome. So, Mrs. Kristen and I have a quick Juntos y Fuertes uh, for this episode. And um, it's not really comic related, but it is Latinx related. And I think it's also something that's very important. Um, what I'm sharing today is a website called Therapy for Latinx. It's uh, therapyforlatinx.com. And it's an online database that makes it easy for Latinx people to find mental health professionals in their own communities. Um, I think that it's super important when you are seeking out therapy to to find a therapist that you are comfortable with and that um, understands where you're coming from as far as your background and how culture can sometimes play an issue. Um, I, I worked for many years with domestic violence uh, survivors and specifically with immigrant women who were survivors of domestic violence and um, religion was a huge thing in the their community and so just coming out and telling him you know you telling them you need to leave your husband was not an option you it was a, a lot of working with him and talking to them about their op their options and what the um the different things in the community resources that were available to them um and getting them to understand that they didn't deserve it and at some point if they decided to leave then you know then to support them in that but to also understand that their religion a lot of times was not in support of them leaving their husbands mm -hmm. and to support them around that. And so when you have a therapist who understands um, your culture and understands how that can affect the decisions you're making, I think it's a, an, uh, a way more amazing experience um, uh, in your, your therapy seeking and in your sessions. So definitely if you are looking um, for giving resources or yourself looking for um, a therapist who is sensitive to your needs and issues uh therapists uh for latin therapy for latinx.com uh is a resource out there for you absolutely i agree there's a, a lot of stigma sometimes they're like it's all in your head yes you're not sick it's yeah. all in your head yeah y you're just bored mm -hmm. you know and it, that has a lot to do with like your upbringing so i think this is wonderful wonderful news that there's some somebody out there trying to help you find the right therapist for you. Yeah, the, the founder of the database actually, um, it came about, it was a woman um, who herself was having a very hard time finding a therapist that worked for her. And she thought to herself, if it's this hard for her to find a therapist who is Latina, which is what she was looking for, how much harder is it for monolingual people out there looking for somebody? Mm -hmm. And so that's why she put together this database. Well, thank you for doing that because uh, I know that there's a lot of people that have that struggle. Thank you for sharing that, Kristen. Yeah. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of our episode. Um, any shout outs? Uh, any, any final thoughts? Well... Happy Halloween, everybody. I'm not sure yes. when this is going to come out, but <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully Just it's near case. Halloween, whether before or after. I hope you had an amazing holiday and celebrated it, celebrated it to its full extent. Jen will be in uh, Guatemala celebrating Dia de los Muertos mm -hmm. and celebrating uh, the life of her grandfather. And I just mm -hmm. want everyone to have an amazing time. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at Comadresica comics yeah everyone happy halloween and happy dia de muertos don't forget to honor your dead loved ones who have passed away uh, they are here with us uh all the time not malevolently <laughs> 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 but always watching over us and you can find us uh on twitter at comic comadres 
Yeah, guys, don't forget to put out their favorite food and drink and uh, a little picture of them con una velita. And uh, always remember to be safe during Halloween. Um, and uh, you can find us on uh, Snapchat. And also you can email us at comadrecicomics at gmail.com. Thank you guys for listening. We have been your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye. Bye. Bye.